Another street circuit, another victory for Sergio Perez as the magnificent Mexican comes out on top in the sprint in Baku. Welcome to episode number 276 of Grid Talk. Today we're going to be reviewing the sprint for the 2022-23 Azerbaijan Grand Prix. Uh, my name is George Housen and joining me today we have Grid Talk co-host O.A. Medford. Hello. Host of the Hit the Apex podcast, Jawad Yacoub. Hello. And former talk host, Sophia Richmond. Hi. But first, it's sponsor time. Onla- uh, BetOnline.ag is your number one source for all your basketball information, uh, news and sources. Get the latest odds and lines, including the latest player reports for this year's pro basketball playoffs. BetOnline is always your sports information HQ this season, as we have covered for all your sports wagering needs basketball mlb nhl hockey right to ufc and boxing bet online is the fastest and easiest way to get your betting information including live betting options and your favorite casino and card games you can play right now from your home head to the website today or use your mobile device to get into the action be sure to use our pr- promo code BLEAV, uh, that is B-L-E-A-V, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. And we have definitely had a very interesting start to uh, the weekend in Azerbaijan. Some surprising changes to the overall format. We will get into that, of course. But uh, let's start with the guy who won today's race, uh, Sergio Perez Owain. And he he did an excellent job today. Uh, Charles Leclerc claimed the uh, sprint shootout pole earlier today. Uh, but Sergio Perez, you know, once he got once he got clear of Leclerc, once he got the DRS, it was relatively simple for, for him again. Yet again, conquering the streets of another country. Yeah, uh, I'm not sure I like the moniker of him being the sort of street race king um, or street circuit king. But, you know, he's he's proving time and time again that uh, he's he's very, very good at it. Um, yeah, once he got ZRS and just blasted past Leclerc, uh, that was kind of it. Um, you know, I don't know what the, what the exact uh, delta between... Um, between the, uh, the cars and, and the other cars and Red Bull is with, with the DRS on the straight. But uh, I know it's somewhere in the order of about, it's, it's a 20k pH game uh, for the for the Red Bull. So obviously with with that kind of game, you can't really defend that, uh, against that. Um, and yeah, he, he went in front. And then obviously being in front, Perez actually had, just had the, the ability to just kind of manage it from there. And we saw everyone else going off on their medium tyres um you know probably as a result of sitting in the sitting in the dirty air from everyone else um but you didn't see that with uh with with uh Perez he just you know slowly slowly uh eats the eats the gap out and uh and that's kind of ominous for the for the race tomorrow yeah it absolutely is I mean it's been hot in Baku this weekend I imagine that'll probably continue tomorrow as well as uh as everybody struggled in the sprint race and that included the people who started on the softs and the mediums and we only got about 12 or so laps of actual running uh, the Grand Prix tomorrow is 51 laps so I think we're going to have at least a two-stop for a lot of the drivers to tomorrow um second place today Sophia was Charles Leclerc he started on a sprint pole if you want to call it that uh for the for the race today um I mean it's disappointing to see him not win however the fact that he was man- they managed to keep Max Verstappen behind him who has been the standout driver this year so far. I think that'll be a very encouraging sign for him and Ferrari. A hundred percent. And also given the fact that on this behind the safety car for the restart, he said on the radio that he was kind of having trouble with engines. It kept on cutting or something like that. So 
I was happy that they were able to even finish given hearing that radio message. It's always fearful when you see the notification of Charles's uh, radios and it's never good news whenever you hear that. Um, but yeah, it'll be quite good. Obviously the fact he um, started on pole today, he will start on pole tomorrow. We'll see how it goes. He kind of now understands how the track will be, how it will be with the two Red Bulls around him in the space as well. So yeah, definitely, like you said, keeping Max at bay. Obviously, part of that was due to George Russell, kind of also keeping Max at bay briefly and the damage, which we'll probably get onto later on. Uh, that also kind of helped his chances for Charles to kind of get away, but just kept in his own. Not that much battles going on between Charles and Max, it's more so Max and um, George. Yeah, Verstappen and uh, George Russell were in the wars uh, today uh, on the first lap. We'll obviously cover that very shortly. Uh, but let's complete the podium with uh, Max Verstappen. Third place today, Gerard. I mean, he could he could have potentially got Leclerc, especially with the power of the Honda in the back of the uh, back of the Red Bull there. But uh, in the end, it was third place from today. It, it's still a decent haul of points, still six points out of top possible eight. So it's not a bad day for him at all. However, it, it shows that tomorrow could be a real battle for the victory. Yeah, potentially, and that's what we're all looking forward to if they do end up fighting for the win. But Max kind of being the biggest, um, the most vocal of critics of this change of the sprint format, and he didn't really enjoy today, did he, with the um, first lap kind of, um, first lap, don't want to call it an incident, but yeah, you first lap kerfuffle with George Russell, like you guys mentioned before as well, and then, um, at the end of the day, Max had a quicker car and he would get past him eventually, which he did later on uh, after the safety car. And um, he did sustain some damage onto the floor and side pod as well. And just, yeah, you know, hearing him on the radio uh, go off about it basically doesn't like it when it's sort of return served to him, bit of a taste of his own medicine. But Russell was, you know, quite aggressive and and did what he needed to saw the opportunity and just basically bullied Verstappen in those early part of the race but yeah it, it is handy points for him at the moment I mean at the same time his championship looks pretty safe still so it's it's no no big loss for Max at least he didn't end up in the wall and out of the race so finished on the podium job well done um move on to the main event tomorrow yeah, and as Verstappen has shown so far this year in the in the actual race of his race pace in that Red Bull, he is he is something special. He really is, as you'd expect by the two-time defending world champion. To be fair, uh, yeah. So Joad mentioned the kerfuffle with Russell um, uh, <laughs> on the first lap. Uh, the two uh, uh, Verstappen and uh, Russell both uh, coming to blows in turn two on the first lap. Wayne. Um, Obviously, I mean, it's racing driver instinct. Verstappen's always going to say, oh, he was cut off and all this on, on the radio. But what do you think about that incident? And uh, and also Verstappen, I think, very opportunistic as well on his restart. Um, so Russell really probably getting the most out of the car today, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, I think, um, you know, Verstappen was always going to go by. Uh, you know, it's fairly clear from the pace of the Red Bull, um, which is why it kind of baffles me uh, a little bit 
but uh, I think it shows a little bit of immaturity from Max to both, uh, you know, live by the sword, you know, just to sort of live by the sword and then not expect to, sometimes you die by the sword. Um, you know, you can't race people like that. We've seen Max pull moves exactly the same as that and damage people's cars and, you know, they haven't got so shirty over the radio about it. Um, I, I assume they had the same reaction internally, but, you know, they, you push people wide and, you know, you're going to, sometimes you're going to come into, oh, sorry, you get, you, you hang around the outside and you can't really be surprised if someone uh, runs you out a little bit and pushes you right to the edge of the track. You know, um, we saw George do that perfectly, uh, you know, just right on the edge of a racing incident there. Um, the, the reason I think is most, most immature is because, um, you know, like uh, <laughs> as Jean-Pierre, Jean uh, as uh, Max's race engineer said, um, they've got nothing to lose. You know, Max has a championship that he's fighting for. And, you know, realistically, he's lost two points. Um, he could have lost, you know, he could, he could have lost a significant number of points. He could have lost all six and, and have that gap between him and Perez um, over halved. Uh, he's lucky that it's only 13 points it's gone down to. He's only lost two points uh, to his teammate. Um, but it could, but could it have been none if he, if they, if him and Russell had managed to get into a kerfuffle that had taken him out of the race. I think, you know, given the pace of the Red Bull, it would have been just easier um, to, you know, let him go, sit in the DRS, sit in the tow for a bit, and then blast past him on the straight like with with no damage, and then you you don't even risk the cooling issues or or uh, or anything like that that, that you might have uh, incurred because of that contact. Um, so it's it's just one of those things. I know Max wants to fight for every position, but um did he really need to do it there that time you know there, there were there were 16 laps uh sorry, so almost a full 17 laps that he could have used um and yet he, he chose to hang around the outside and incur some damage yeah that is the thing and i, I think it hit the nail on the head there I, I don't think um letting anybody go is in the nature of max verstappen in any situation whatsoever which is part of what i think makes him great but it also at times like potentially it could have been today it could have been his downfall but um but there we go. Yeah, a good a good sprint race for George Russell there. Um, fourth, realistically, the best he could do, to be honest. Um, fifth place, Carlos Sainz, Sophia. Um, a very again another guy who made some places up on the restart. I think he passed Hamilton on the restart. Um, I mean, obviously a ways behind, a ways behind his teammate. Um, but just a solid day for Carlos Sainz. There's not really anything else we can say about him, to be honest. 100%. I mean, he started fifth, he finished fifth. He did some great defendings, obviously did make some places throughout with the restarts taking place. Good defending from the back of the grid that was coming at him with Alonso, Hamilton and all that with some of the restarts taking place. So, yeah, Carlos finishing fifth, good good points for Ferrari um, with Charles being P2 and him being P5. It's the highest finish that Carlos Sainz has had in Baku since 2018, um, which is quite a nice feat. It'll be interesting going into tomorrow when he's starting one place higher on the grid, how much that will come into play if he's going to be able to support his teammate who is starting from pole um, with kind of trying to overtake some of the Red Bulls and kind of keep everybody else at bay as well from, from the rest of the grid attacking. Yeah, exactly. Agree with you there. Um, so from one Spaniard to the other, Fernando Alonso, a guy who's been making some very surprising headlines off of the track in recent weeks. I am not going to go into that because it is not relevant for this podcast. Look it up if you wish. Um, but on the track, I mean, did all right today, Gerard. Aston Martin don't look that great around this track, especially compared to how they were in the previous three rounds. But I bet Alonso really would have enjoyed that uh, that slip down the inside movie uh, pulled on his old teammate there. 
yeah, on Lewis Hamilton there later in the race. And thank you for not doing what David Croft has been doing all weekend. It's making my ears bleed seriously. But yeah, um, <laughs> the Astons haven't uh, had the pace around here as they have in the early uh, rounds as we've seen, but we did see Alonso and his teammate Stroll um, kind of helping each other in in the sprint qualifying early or the sprint shootout, whatever you want to call it, earlier on with the DRS um, train sort of thing. But yeah, he made up a couple of places during the sprint, which was good. So scored some points there. First cleared Alex Albon after or before the virtual safety car, I think, and then pulling a nice move on his old uh, McLaren teammate Hamilton, as you said, too. Um, but, yeah, just banking some some decent points. It has looked like that with upgrades, Mercedes and McLaren have caught up to Aston Martin in that interesting fight there. So it will be good to see over a Grand Prix distance how that kind of pans out, you know, so... Um, I think for what it is, Alonso did a good job. He was, you know, 1.3 seconds off his compatriot science at the end of it. So, um, yeah, you know, can't win them all, I guess, or finish on the podium in all of them like he has so far this season. But, um, you know, it's there's more to look forward to, I guess, in a full race distance coming tomorrow. Yeah, three third places to start the season for Fernando Alonso and three points today, weirdly. So he does keep a streak of threes going in a sense. Uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, not not the best day, not the worst day. Uh, hope, probably be hoping for more, uh, better tomorrow. Um, also hoping for better tomorrow will be Sir Lewis Hamilton, Owain. Uh, seventh place today, got caught napping at the restart, lost two places to the pair of Spaniards we just mentioned. Um, not really a good day for him, um, but I'm sure he'll move on from it very quickly. Yeah, I mean, he's been around the block a few times, so it, 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 I don't think the Lewis will let, let this linger. Um, but like as you say, we got caught napping at the restart. I think it, it, the initial restart wasn't the worst part. You know, he was fine down the straights, and obviously the Merck's not the fastest thing in the world down there. Um, but, you know, pl- he placed it fairly well. Um, the issue was, or sorry, he, he got, you know, he, he got on the throttle fairly well. Um, his placement going into uh, into turn one was what did him in, really. That's that's what lost him the position. I think he got caught on the inside, um, and Fernando Alonso doesn't need an invitation uh, an invitation, sorry, to go around the outside um, of you there. Uh, you know, he did what Max was trying to do a lot better, actually. Um, I think so. Yeah, no, he just he did a he, you know Lewis like he'll he'll. That'll be water under the bridge soon. You know, sometimes you win some, sometimes you lose some. You know, that that's a lot better to take. Uh, to take, was it two points? I believe he gets um, out of this. You know, it's 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 worth taking. Um, you know, he's not finished in a DNF, which um, is easily done, uh, and it's you know just onwards and upwards. Um, you know, if anything, I imagine he'll take some learnings out of it and understand. You know, how he's gonna sort of he'll sort of take this into the race tomorrow. I think that's what. Um, what the drivers can really do, what, what they can best do with this is with this session is, uh, you know, find out what they're actually going to do tomorrow. So it might make the race tomorrow a bit more boring, but um, Lewis shouldn't have an issue with this. Yeah, no, he'll be fine. Like you said, he's been, <laughs> he's been around the block once or twice, you know, seven world championships, 300 odd races on over 100 wins. You know, he's he's done, he's he's been there, done that. And we've covered a lot of it on the show over the years. Um, 
Onwards and upwards as well, hopefully for it from his lunch stroll. He's he claimed the final point today, Sophia. Um he got caught behind Alexander Albon, who had an amazing had an amazing weekend in that Williams. And the thing with Williams as well is that I think they've taken all the downforce off the car. So it is an extremely hard car to pass. Great to Lance Stroll, though. He he managed to do that, get a single point today. Uh not far off his teammates. So again, another all right day for him, really, at least in the sprint race. Yeah, I mean, he moved up one place from his starting grid um, before the start of the sprint race. Yeah, towards the last couple of laps, he was able to overtake Alex Arbon coming into turn one. The biggest thing for both Aston Martins to finish quite high and to also overtake, their DRS was not working half of the time as well. It was always like, as soon as it was a DRS zone, you have to wait till the commentators would be like, oh, is it working? Is it not? You never knew one lap it would have DRS, the next lap it wouldn't. It was quite an interesting one. And even we could see when... Um, doing the sprint out shootout qualifying as well how much of an impact the drs is for aston martins obviously with the um shootout taking place and giving lance Stroll a bit of a toe so that he can get into the top 10 for the qualifying for the sprint race was actually quite a big deal but it'll be interesting coming into what it is tomorrow if they're going to be able to resolve this drs problem because it is definitely needed especially on that long straight you can see how powerful the toe with drs is the toe by itself is actually still quite good but the thing is that you can't, it's very difficult to uh, tow somebody that's not really your teammate sometimes as well. So hopefully it'll be good. But yeah, Asmarin able to stay second in the constructors, six points ahead of Mercedes as well for the time being. They're definitely almost and upwards compared to how it is with Williams and Alpine. I'll definitely say that. Uh, definitely, yeah. And uh, I remember, yeah, that I didn't actually realize to be honest, they had DRS issues during the race. I know they didn't qualify because Alonso gave a very handy toe to Lance Stroll. I think it was in the sprint shootout qualifying thing rather than the actual qualifying yesterday. Uh, but yeah, that, that team worked working very well from there. Um, my, I'm gonna, I'll give a, give a spoiler alert for this one. Uh, my driver of the day is Alexander Arbon, ninth place, just missing out on points. If only points went down to the top 10 for this race, but he's got a good chance tomorrow as well for the actual race. Um, great job today, Gerard. Didn't put a, a wheel wrong, unlike, unfortunately, his teammate who did not take part because he crashed out in a sprint qualifying and was unable to take the start of the race. A bit of sweet day for Williams today, really. Yeah, and I feel like um, it's a crying shame that Albon didn't walk away today with a point at least. And as you say, if it was a if it was a full race, we would have had the points all the way down to P10. But um, just pipped there at the end by Lance Stroll, as you said, he did well in qualifying to out qualify the likes of Alonso and Stroll as well, and and Lando Norris who didn't set a lap time anyway in Q3 for sprint shootout but yeah like Williams taking off all the downforce and putting all their eggs into that basket and really doing a good job and you know again it was like Australia where um, Albon ended up in Q3 in qualifying and it was like oh my goodness he's just driving the you know driving every little bit out of this car which shouldn't be there but you know he he's there so some really great performances from him and yeah, just a shame he didn't end up with points today, but I hope that um, even though he's starting, I think, 13th tomorrow, it can be rewarded, do some really good strategy and, and make his way into that top 10. Absolutely, yeah. Points could be on the cards for Williams. They've done it so far this season, as has every team. Every team was in the first three races has got at least one point, so well done to everybody. Um, 
And if we get your vote, then be sure to give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Uh, yeah, same with Spotify as well. We've got so many good reviews on there. If you do that, that'd be very much appreciated. It really does help out the show, as does uh, subscribing to our YouTube channel where most of our shows are recorded live and live streamed, uh, just like this one is. Um, and yeah, we've got over 2,000 subscribers on the YouTube channel now, which is just ridiculous guys i gotta thank you from the bottom of my heart that is incredible you've done an amazing job of supporting the show and i'm sure that'll continue uh, through the rest of this season as well and beyond uh let's go to uh oscar piastri he he finished in p10 today away missing out on points for mclaren unfortunately but at least he started on the right tires unlike lando norris who had an awful day as soon as his sauce went off he dropped off the face of the earth effectively not a great day for McLaren, but there is pace in that car. There is genuine hope for points tomorrow. Um, a little bit. Uh, I kind of, the, the, the way I look at it, what has happened is Norris's tyre choice has basically just, like, Piastri actually hasn't made a made an overtake here, really. Well, all is all that's happened is that, you know, Norris's tyres have gone off and Piastri's obviously had way more tyre performance and driven around him. Obviously, he's had to go past him and everything like that, but it's, it's McLaren's, you know, it's McLaren's poor strategy to put Norris on the on a U set of softs, um, which is why I think he went his tires went off faster than any any uh, faster than the other uh, oh, was it soft shod drivers? Uh, why that happened faster than anyone else, and he's obviously dropped like a stone. Um, so like Piastri actually hasn't made a sort of competitive overtake here. Um, and that's why he's finished tenth. Um, you know, I'd like to. You know, we can't, we can't really gain too much out of this beyond, you know, Piastri drove fast enough that um, that Magnussen, who started 13th, because again, Hulkenberg started on the softs, I believe, um, couldn't overtake him. Uh, and yeah, I mean, and the gap is like five point something seconds, 5.1 seconds between the two. That's, that's probably that's probably the 16 metres. Um, Ah no, I was I was incorrect. It was Bottas and the softs. Um, no, but it's a, uh, it's a, uh, yeah, it's just it's just a. I don't think it's actually that good from Piastri. I think it's kind of nothing. He's put in a decent performance, but it's it's kind of market market the average really. Well, it's not spectacular, but he, you know, he got relatively close to Albon by the end. I mean, you might say that he should do that because I think the McLaren is better than the Williams, but not by a huge amount. Anyway, the race the race is a big one tomorrow. Um, but yeah, uh, speaking of the Haas, uh, Magnussen P11 today, uh, Nico Hulkenberg P15. Hulk did start on the same tyres as Magnussen, but strangely, Hulk really struggled for some reason. He had, he dropped like a stone towards the end. I think Hulk was actually ahead of uh, K-Mag earlier on in the race. Um, so, Sophia, I mean, it's a it's a very difficult one to read. I mean, Williams, sorry, uh, Haas like Williams, have really stripped down the car and to try and get less drag on it. Um, but even that, doesn't really seem to be helping him too much. Yeah, I mean, so Holgerberg started P12 on the grid and Kevin Magnussen was right below him. And then obviously Kevin Magnussen was able to jump three spaces. It was interesting because Gunther was on the pit wall um, with Sky, so you can actually hear what was going on with the conversations. And um, I think he said the biggest issue with um, Holgerberg was the tire degradations was just completely shot straight away. And I think that's led to the downfall for um, Holgerberg to go down the grid. With Kevin Magnussen, I mean, there was a few overtakes, a good few battles, good defending throughout uh, the sprint, but there wasn't as much memorable kind of situations that 
come to my mind compared to some of the other incidences and situations that happened in that 17 lap race. Um, but Haas has just been one minute is such a high, one minute is such a low. Like you can even see in the driver standings how many points some of these um both um Hulkenberg and Magnuson have um so far in the first three rounds of the races. But yeah, it's like one minute they're doing absolutely best, both in the points and then the next week, the next race, whatever, they're absolutely not even, they don't even get into uh, out of Q1 and qualifying. So it is what it is. Um, but we'll see how it goes on uh, tomorrow with the 51 laps, because if for Hulkenberg is dying with the um, tire degradations on a 17 lap shootout, who knows what that's going to be. Magnuson as well, hopefully that gave him enough data as well to see what went wrong with Hulkenberg compared to Magnuson on um, how to prolong the tires because they're definitely going to need it for tomorrow's race. Yeah, they are going to need to, well, Hulkenberg in particular is going to need to get to the bottom of what his problems were today because, yeah, he re- he really struggled. He was the only guy that really properly struggled on the mediums um, during this race. and. And a shorter race at that, 12 laps, I think, or something like that, we actually got a proper running, which is a fit for the race distance, pretty much. So it could be a very long afternoon for him. Um, now, if there's one thing you can think of when it's, you know, when it comes to Alfa Romeo cars, it's that they're very unpredictable and unreliable, <laughs> potentially as well. However, the Alfa Romeo Formula One team, it's distinctly very boring. They did not have a they had a very nondescript day today, Gerard. Joe uh, Guan Yu, 12th place. I suppose that's all right. Bottas, though, started on the softs like Norris and those just melted towards the end, so he was nowhere. Um, yeah, try and make something out of their, uh, <laughs> their 17 laps today. <laughs> I'll keep it brief because, yeah, they've just had a followed a trend, really, of being quite boring lately. But, yeah, Joe, I guess... He gained a couple of positions as a result of um, Hulkenberg and, and Norris. Norris's strategy is going awry, so that's good for him. And again, you could say that um, he's outqualified and outraced his teammate, his more experienced teammate in Bottas. Bottas, yeah, um, you summed it up. He That was his exact quote as well, was that he felt like his soft tyres were melting but then didn't elect to trade them in for mediums and ended up 16th, so... You know, just, yeah, I guess, like, the only thing really you could take away from that is, once again, Bottas has been beaten by his uh, junior teammate, and this is the the same Valtteri who is a multiple race winner, was with Mercedes for um, all those Constructors' Championship wins and whatnot, and um, was thought to wipe the floor with this uh, rookie from last year. But, yeah, Joe's actually doing a really solid job at the moment in a car that, as we've summed up, is quite boring at the moment. Yeah, and the absolute antithesis of Alfa Romeo this weekend is Alpine. You cannot accuse them of being boring. Uh, however, they are pointless in this race. Um, Pierre Gasly, P13, very unlucky for him. Esteban Ocon, uh, P18, I don't even know what happened to him, to be honest with you. Um, oh, Wayne, it's it's disastrous, really, for a team that said before this season they want to get at least fourth with the constructors. They're going to do very well to get fifth at this rate. Uh, I'll be honest with you. I think it's just genuinely quite, uh, what's the word? Fortuitous that uh, Alpine have managed to fish it, finish a session. Um, I think this is genuine. <laughs> I think this is the first session that they've managed to to finish because obviously we've had Gasly's put it in the wall twice. I think. Uh, and then, uh, oh, sorry, 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 Harry. 
sorry. Uh, we had a hydraulic leak that set it on fire, and then he's put it in the wall in, uh, in qualifying, and then he put it in the wall again, I think, in... Oh, no, wait, no, that was it. No, it was a turbo... It was a turbo excited exhaust leak, uh, and that's terrible for uh, on a number of for a number of things. One, it can obviously set the car on fire, and then uh, two, it can uh, it, it basically means that you've got no power. So it's just complete risk. Um, and obviously, he's not done that amazing in the sp- uh, in the sprint. But bearing in mind that actually, no, I say that no, he started seventeenth and he's finished thirteenth, which is actually fairly good, um, unless you look at. All the people who st- who who decided to use uh, weird tire strategies. So he's he's gained three free places. One off his teammate, um, who for some reason did a cheap stop to softs after starting in the pit lane uh, <laughs> for, for changing the car under part firmer conditions, um, and then did a second stop in the sprint. So I really don't understand what's going on at Alpine, but none of it's going very well, and Ferrari have got significantly better. So I don't really know what's happened. I can only assume that they've all just swapped sides or something. They've gone across the border uh, and and they've just decided to do a job swap. That That's my theory at this point, because it has been awful. It has. It's been really terrible. It's been an awful weekend for them. But at least they didn't get a penalty this race. That's something. Improvements. Um... Or a penalty for doing a penalty wrong. Yeah, no, no penalties for doing penalties uh, in the wrong way. <laughs> yeah, it's been it's been a, it's been a pretty drastically bad season for Alpine so far. It really has been. Uh, when you can't even serve penalties correctly, you know you're doing something very wrong. <laughs> anyway, um, let's that's all the teams aside from AlphaTauri. Uh, Nick DeVries today, fourteen, very nondescript for him. Uh, but quite descriptive for Yuki Tsunoda. He was the only DNF from, from today, Sophia. Uh, hit the wall on, I think it was the first lap. Uh, bizarre incident. It almost looked like he had a problem. Almost looked like he had a problem before he even hit the wall, but he definitely had one after it because his wheel fell off. Um, somehow managed to get it back to the pits. Uh, and, Al- and AlphaTauri were like, yeah, this, t- this car's great. This is fine. Let's send it out, lads. And as soon as, uh, as, soon as Tsunoda turned left, it was very bad. And then surprisingly, Sonoda went the entire lap around again. I, I'll be very surprised if Alpha Tauri escaped the penalty uh, for that, really. There's something about Baku of Alpha Tauri, like, and especially for Yuki now. This is two times in a row. Last year was the gaffer tape for the DRS, and now this time with the wheel. So, yeah, I mean, with Nick as well, it was just... He didn't really do much. He was starting towards the back of the grid to begin with, given um, the incident in the qualifying shootout the sprint shootout um, and pretty much started towards back grid, obviously with um, Logan Sargent not racing and Alcon starting from pit lane, he was able to move up a few more places. But yeah, with the Yuki situation, they could, they literally just like did a once over, glance chief mechanic as well, did a once over the back. It was like, yeah, that's fine. And then the minute Yuki was coming out of the pitch, you could see the s- suspension of that back wheel was absolutely shot. So I don't understand how that was even possible. Like, I understand they want to get straight back out because there's only a certain amount of laps and everything, but, like, that was even more of a big issue because throughout the race, well, throughout that safety car, you could see Yuki sliding, like, going very, very close to hitting the wall a few times and also going, obviously, quite slow to make sure that he doesn't hit the wall or do even more damage to the car. But... I can definitely see they, they're going to have penalties for tomorrow, potentially, and obviously a fine. Who knows? I, I doubt there should be points, um, driver's license points against Yuki, because obviously it wasn't his decision. But however, 
we'll see what the FIA says. FIA is quite unpredictable when it comes to penalties and what the repercussions are. So who knows what it may be. But the only way they can do is get better for tomorrow's race. But absolutely, yeah, you you can always bet on Yuki to have some kind of fault in Baku, especially now because Baku is on until 2026. Just keep that running bad. At least one session or one race, it will always have an issue with Yuki for AlphaTauri. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's not it's not a lucky circuit for him at all. It's really not happy hunting grounds. Um, but yeah, so those are all the 10 teams and the 20 drivers. Now, don't worry. If you're confused by the format for this weekend, you are not alone. I was definitely one of those as I put up in our short video on TikTok and YouTube, and I think it's probably on Facebook as well. Um, you know, that we we've had four weeks between Australia and Azerbaijan and F1 in its infinite wisdom decided to announce these radical changes to the sprint weekend. I think literally on Thursday. So we had like a day notice. Um, so unlike last year, the results of this sprint do not count towards the race. The sprint is its own thing as it's got as it's got its own qualifying and everything. Now it's a separate event within the event. This, I know this is going to get confusing trying to explain all this. Um, so we did have qualifying on Friday. And we're not going to go into too much detail, obviously, but the regular qualifying was on Friday, and that is for the Grand Prix tomorrow. Um, so I'll go through that now. Uh, Charles Leclerc got pole for that. So just like in the sprint race as well, great. that's a great opportunity for him and Ferrari. Uh, Max Verstappen in second. Sergio Perez third, making it a Red Bull 2-3. Carl Sainz in fourth. Uh, Sir Lewis Hamilton fifth. Fernando Alonso sixth. Uh, Lando Norris doing a great job for McLaren in seventh. Alpha, uh, Yuki Tsunoda, pending any kind of penalty, is scheduled to start eighth as it stands at the moment as we record this. Lance Stroll is P9. Oscar Piastri uh, in P10. Both McLarens in the top 10. Uh, George Russell did not have a good day. He was down in 11th. Esteban Ocon qualified 12th, but he has... I said that Alpine did not have any penalties. They do, as it turns out, because they'll be starting from the pit lane uh, changed to uh, aerodynamics or something like that. So he's got to stop in the pit lane, uh, which moves Alexander Albon up into P12. Bottas in 14, uh, 13th, sorry. Uh, Logan Sargent in 14th. Uh, Guan Yu Zhou, uh, 14th. Um, uh, Nico Hulkenberg is in 16th. Uh, Kevin Magnussen, 17th. Pierre Gasly, 18th. And Nick De Vries in 19th place. Uh, despite not spending time in a competitive time in qualifying for that. So, yeah, so those are the that's the grid for tomorrow's uh, race. Um, I just want to give a, give a quick word on on kind of your reaction to um, to this new to this new format. When you're usually a good person to come to for these kind of kind of opinions on on what's been going on. I mean, it's not so I don't think the problem really is that F1 have changed this. It's more the problem that they've communicated in such a really disorganized and last minute way. Um, yeah, I mean, they were still communicating it terribly, uh, even when we got to, like, before we were just about to go on air, like, you, you, uh, when we were coming on air, you couldn't get the result for the sprint race on the Formula One website, which I think is just, uh, it's a schoolboy error, that one. Um, yeah, and, and to be fair, you know, actually, I will, I will, I will give, a, give a little bit of sympathy to, uh, to the FIA and Formula One. They've only had, um, like, you know what, let's give them the benefit of that. They've had three three weeks to decide uh in you know how are they going to do this format and to get everything in place to do it uh not three days like they gave themselves instead um 
So yeah, I, I like the I like the change in format where we have that sort of build throughout the weekend. Like I like the fr I like the sort of Friday evening stuff. Uh, I think that sort of turns it into a slightly more of an event. I think that's that's better for a sort of from a from a you know Friday night prime time kind of viewing point of view, uh, or or maybe people who might want to go out and wait up with their friends and watch and watch the F one, and then you know you got the Saturday, and then obviously you got the main event on Sunday. I do like that build into the event. Um, I'm maybe not sure that this is the best way to do it because one thing I think we found with most of the sprints, um, beyond you know the odd things here or there, is that you know it does just feel half the time with these sprints, unless something mental happens, that we just have the first stint of a race and um, all the teams pick the same tyres for the most part, you know, apart from a couple. So in some, unless you know something in sort of mental happens, we don't get. Uh, too much variation so the teams will end up doing the same thing um because you know obviously they're they're f1 teams they'll run the numbers and they'll find out that what's the what's the most risk-free way to go about things um and then they'll just do that so i, th I think maybe that's that needs looking at i don't i don't know what the solution is and i'd like to provide one because i don't think you should criticize without providing a solution but unfortunately i don't really have one maybe we mandate what dry what, what tires people can use or something like that um i don't know i think i think yeah i think the change in format is is good for the weekend but right now i, I think it's still work in progress definitely yeah and let's hope it's uh sorted in a more uh, timely fashion before the next one in austria in mid-season so so yeah, um, I gave a mention to who I think is driver of the day today. I said it was uh, Alex Albon. Um, Jawad, who, who's your choice of driver of the day today for the sprint? I was uh, going to agree with you there, George. Albon definitely did a really good job. And again, just shame that he missed out on an actual point and just taking that Williams to where it really isn't in terms of car pace, but um, he kept it clean and um, had a good job. So hopefully tomorrow he can score some points from 13th. Yeah, it's definitely possible. Sophia, who's your choice for uh, the drive of the day today? I'm actually going to do a team. I'm going to say Aston Martin because both of them moved up positions from the starting position from the start of the grid and with the DRS issues as well, both getting points for the team well needed, well deserved. Okay, so we're doing teams apparently now. Um. <laughs> I couldn't choose. Both of them Both of them had the exact same reasons. Both of them moved up the grids. Both of them both had DRS problems. So by preference, I guess I would say Alonso because I'm not as big of a Stroll fan. But as a team, both of them did the exact same and just couldn't choose. Fair enough, fair enough. Uh, Owain, who's your choice? Um, I think I think it's Magnussen. Just, I try and go by the sort of the driver he's got the most positions. I think it's Magnussen. <laughs> I think he's got by getting two positions, he 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 wins it out for me. A surprising K Mag. That's that's fair enough. Yeah, and if you were if you're listening live on the uh, on YouTube, then uh, yeah, let us know who your uh, picks are for best driver today in the sprint uh, in the comments below on that. Um, and yeah, time for some uh, time for some promo. Um, Gerard, I mentioned you're the host of the Hit the Apex podcast. What is that, and where can people find it? Yeah, so just my little show where I talk about F1 and uh, other championships like the V8 Supercar Series here in Australia. So I usually record those um, after Grand Prix, just do a little reflection, look back. So they're all on your good podcast platforms such as Apple, Spotify, Amazon, Google, 
Um, then sometimes YouTube. I also write for a website called The Raw. So I live blog um, all the F1 races for them. And I've written a couple of articles for F1 Chronicle as well recently after the Australian Grand Prix. So, uh, yeah, getting myself out there as well as um, coming on and guesting for you lovely people as well um, on, on Grid Talk. Oh, we're always glad to have you, Gerard. And yes, definitely check out those articles and uh, and Gerard's podcast as well. Um, and yeah, and Formula Two is on this weekend as well. Sophia, uh, let's have a little have a little plug for the Formula Talk podcast, which will be coming out for that uh, very soon, I'm sure. Yeah, definitely. So I host the Formula Talk, and we've had some few guest members come on, guest panelists from the Grid Talk family come on to discuss. We'll be also discussing the F1 Academy that also took place this weekend, um, albeit not televised. So that'll be an episode coming out this week. Um, it's on the same ways that you can find Grid Talk. I also do write and do media and content for everything F1, which you can find on all social medias at Join EF1 as well. Um, not just F1, but F1. F2, F3, IndyCar, Formula E as well. Yeah, it's a great show. And uh, yeah, Sophia and usually Tom have a have a great uh, great conversation. Phil was on the last one, I believe, as well. So yeah, if you want to get some uh want to get some unfiltered content, that is uh, that is potentially a place to get it. Um, <laughs> uh, so yeah, and time to promo grid talk itself. So yes, we are available on YouTube where most episodes are recorded live these days, just like this one as well as Amazon Fire, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Music, Verbal, Pocket Cast, just search for Formula One Grid Talk on all of those. Uh, and you can get the full back catalogue shows on f1chronicle.com as well. Uh, we've got all of them on there, over 200, heading for 300. We're going to be at 400 soon, buddy, before the end of the year. Um, and yes, if you want to uh, if you want to head over to, if you've got a Sky customer as well in the UK, you can access uh, access the podcast through the Sky Sports Formula One podcast section. Just head over to your, head over to the menu on Sky QR Glass. Um and yeah, and please consider supporting the show on uh, on on Patreon as well, so we can get better lights, mics, and better recording equipment. Uh, and you can head over to our store on Redbubble as well. It's quite bright in my uh, it's just gone quite bright in my room now. But if you can see that, you can get fan club uh, t shirts for all the hosts, uh, as well as very handy merchandise, just like this mug I've been sipping on through uh, for most of this podcast today. So yeah, just head over to the FM Chronicles store for that um and yeah and we're gonna be back tomorrow to do the race review for the azerbaijan grand prix we're going to be going out live from three o'clock p uh 3 p.m bst for that and yeah thank you very much for listening and watching and goodbye <laughs>